Terry View VIA's podcast. This is Sarah Perry, editorial director, and I'm here today with Callie Gunnels and Sam Wade. Um, if you guys want to introduce yourselves, you can go ahead. Hey, I'm Sam. Um, I'm a content creator at VIA. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I'm on the editorial team with Sarah. Not much to that one. <laughs> Uh, I'm Callie Donalds. Um, I'm project manager and content creator for Voluntaryism in Action. Yes, thank you for saying the whole thing. Forgot about that. Thing. Forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> they know who we are. Normally, normally Justin and Jeff's project, but we're having a special ladies edition today to talk about education. Right now, VIA is doing uh, an education fundraiser for uh, students who are going to be distance learning through public school and homeschoolers, new homeschoolers and veteran homeschoolers, and also for low-income college students. So trifecta there. We're trying to help as many students as we can. And there's a lot of new people coming into homeschooling this fall. I just saw a news study earlier today they said that four out of five parents are considering homeschooling this fall. And that's just crazy. Yeah. It's a huge jump. Significantly higher than uh, ever was before. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Right. Is this specified on like actual homeschooling or like take home for take home work from the public schools? Yeah. That's what I'm wondering too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because they don't like the, Either they didn't like the distance learning format in the spring, or they don't like the um, the coronavirus precautions that the schools are going to be taking, and they want to just try something completely different. So it's them actually just homeschooling from their own knowledge. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a great thing, too, because parents do need to know that they can teach their own children. Like, I mean, every parent is capable of it. I, I have, I'm not saying anything bad about teachers. I mean, I think teachers are wonderful, but I'm just saying that everyone is capable of educating their own child. Yeah. They learn yeah. everything from you. You're their hero. Like, they, <laughs> trust me, like, they will listen to you above all. Like, and that's really the truth. Like, they really want to learn from you. I know my daughter does. Definitely. It doesn't stop when they turn five. You've been teaching them up to age five. You can keep on going and you don't have to know everything you can learn right alongside with your kid. Yeah. I'm definitely supportive of homeschooling. I homeschool my kids. They're all pretty little <clears throat> still, but my oldest is six and we've been homeschooling from the beginning and, uh, well, at first I, I thought I was going to be a public schooling mom. I worked in a public school before as a teacher's aide and a tutor. <clears throat> and I really liked the teachers there that I met. were all really, really nice. And I thought, okay, I'm going to just public school. Even though I was homeschooled, I'm going to use the public school system because that's how I'm going to, you know, write. Because I wanted to be a writer. And I am. But that's what I thought I was going to do. But then I ended up changing my mind after just reading and researching more and um, at first I didn't know it's kind of overwhelming at first when you first start looking into it so that's another thing VA wants to do is give resources and information about homeschooling out because when you start when you first start considering it there's just a lot to learn there's homeschool local laws for your state they'll all the states are different have different requirements there's all kinds of different homeschooling philosophies. And so when I started out, I had no idea. Um, but just kept reading and learning. And I eventually found a couple of philosophies that meshed with my family. And we ended up choosing unschooling, um, which is a homeschooling philosophy. One of the more radical ones, I guess. It's considered that way. But it's basically the most voluntariest way to homeschool, if you think about it, because it's just based on consent and not using coercion, which is what we're all about. 
you know, the first time I ever had actually even heard of unschooling um, was uh, a movie came out a couple years ago. It's probably a little more than a couple years ago. And it was called Captain Fantastic. And it was kind of centered around a guy who unschooled his children. And it was my first introduction into it. And it's actually a really, really good movie. But um, I think that unschooling is going to become pretty popular, too, now amongst people. I think people are really open to adapting different ideas now with their children. I mean, when you have our government restrict things down so much, um, sort of on a scare level as it kind of goes down, but, um, you know, people are going to start wanting to take matters into their own hands for sure. So it should be interesting. Um, I know that we've been posting a lot of homeschooling tips, um, and those have been really helpful, I think, for a lot of our followers. Um, and uh, with, which, oh, by the way, don't you, so with your oldest son, um, you were talking about the things that y'all do, um, unschooling. You told me once that he likes to take a lot of things apart and, like, put them back together again. Oh, which my gosh. Is, yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. But it's such a learning experience, truly, when you think about it. Like, I mean, it's it's kind of incredible. And that's, I guess, just an example that kind of popped into my head of how you can teach your children and not be, like, putting their head into a textbook. So that yeah. reminds me of when I was, like, preteen with, like, MySpace and everything like that. I was, I was like, such an expert on... Um, developing my MySpace page and the <laughs> HTML and everything. And, yeah, and I would stay up until like 3 a.m. doing that and not doing homework, and my mom would get so mad at me. And now I'm a software engineer. Hey. <laughs> That's perfect. That and just some background on me. Um, I have no kids. Um, I'm just interested. That's all. Um <laughs> But as with anyone who, like, has kids now, or if you don't have kids, maybe you're considering it. I am, and I would just like to know this stuff before I have kids. Yeah. Never too early. I have two of my own, and one is pre-K-aged. We personally have her in a private preschool, but um, before that, I mean, for the past four months, I've been pretty much teaching her everything. (laughs) I mean, as much as I can on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I think I think one of the best forms of learning is going outside. Um, that's a big one, I think. Like going outside and just naming things and showing her how things work. <laughs> it's amazing. Like gardening is is like one of the best activities that you can do with children too. I mean, I she retains so much by doing hands-on stuff that we do every day. Um, and I think that that's a really good way to teach your children because if they're with you every day, you just sort of adopt your daily routines and your chores into your process and, um, it all becomes a learning experience. I mean, life is a learning experience. So, yeah, that's so true. And I love what you said about how, you know, she's a hands-on learner. I know that public school teachers would love to be able to spend targeted time with each child in their classroom and, teach them exactly how they need to be taught but the way it's set up mass schooling it's just not feasible um so that's another example again of how you as a parent you know your child better than anyone else you know how to teach them the best you know how to reach them um you know how to capture their interest and children are not going to learn very easily and not going to remember for very long unless they are genuinely interested in Yes, that's absolutely true. Like, my four-year-old, if she doesn't want to do something, it ain't going to happen. Like, she wants, she has to be interested and actively involved into something, like, actually adapt to it. Like, I even noticed conventional methods of teaching her numbers and ABCs. It's like, I mean, after five minutes, it's, it's over. Like, there's no way to really reintroduce it. And so it's like, instead, I started drawing letters in the sand with her. And like, that honestly made her understand it better. Like, it was just a different process of just doing something that's not by paper, literally. Um, So 
So it's really funny when you start to realize how much your children pick things up and they do pick things up. Children pick up everything, your emotions, everything. So it's, you know, being a parent, by the way, is a learning process as well. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I, when Sarah says you learn along with your children, like you really do in a lot of different ways. You mm-hmm. really do learn so much day to day just by watching your children. Even when they're babies, you learn uh, how that baby wants to be loved and taken care of. They're, each one of them is different. So different. And you can see that difference so much earlier than people would even think. Like, I know for a fact that my four-year-old and my one-year-old are completely different. My <laughs> one is a completely different person. She really is. And it's amazing. It is because you wouldn't think that you would see that so young, but you do. And I already see how certain things probably aren't going to work with my one-year-old that did work with my four-year-old. Uh, so. I think that's encouraging, too, to know that you can learn along the way. I think a lot of parents don't want to dive into the homeschooling because they're discouraged or like they feel like they forgot everything from when they learned like back in school they're like oh I don't know how to do their method of division or whatever something more complicated than that of course but yeah like I think people like think they're like oh I don't know what what age you're supposed to learn this or that or anything like that so they just don't even try well I wanted to even mention too that I think I don't want to say this and it sounds really negative, but there's something that homeschooled or unschooled children have. They have much more than public school children. And I mean, it's even proven it's life experience. Um, I mean, when you, when you talk to public school kids, when they get out of high school, well, did you learn how to file taxes? Did you, did you learn any basic life necessities that we have been forced to do? But also the fact that, like, how to live, like, how do you sew? How do you cook? I mean, when you think about all of these extracurricular um, classes in high schools now, they're kind of dwindling down to nothing. Um, Home ec was pretty much one of the only extracurriculars we had other than graphic arts at my high school and art. So, I mean, you're just kind of narrowing down what people are able to learn. And... um, I think you get a lot more life experience when you're not in a building for eight hours a day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just my view. And I have not, I, I'm a public school child. I was in public school my entire life. Same here. I was not even in good schools when I was in elementary school and middle school. So, I mean, but I, I really do believe that you know, we should start handing the torch to parents. And I think it's going to be unavoidable, especially with things that are going on right now. Um, I mean, look what's happening, you know. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Yeah. And that's another good point, too. Um, The public school system, the way it's set up, your child is sitting down sitting being encouraged to sit still being punished when they're not sitting still for eight hours a day at least unless there's aftercare going on and we have an obesity epidemic in this country we really should be encouraging our kids to move around more and letting them play because play is a great way to get exercise <laughs> and, and enjoy it that's way them to learn too <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it's like, you think about recess times, they're also done now in public schools. Like, it's almost ridiculous. You know, when I was a kid, we went, our recess was half an hour a day, which is really nothing even then. Like, if you think about it, you really should be able to get about an hour outside if you're going to be doing a full day. Um, I mean, even at work, like most mainstream uh, jobs that you could have, like, you literally get an hour lunch because... You have to. I mean, people have got to step away from things, but we don't allow our children that. I think yeah. that's kind of odd. And I think, actually, you posted something, Sarah, a couple of days ago that made me think big time. And it was like, when when you grow older, I want you to be your own person. And I want you to 
march to the own beat of your drum and all this, but while you're little, you do everything I say and you do this and you do that. And it's kind of like this really odd thing that we do. Like, why do we do that? Why do we expect so much out of adulthood when we don't offer that freedom in childhood? Exactly. How to be more consistent in our thinking there. Um, what you said about PE and recess time, you can thank the Department of Education for that because teachers are having to spend so much time teaching the kids to be able so that they can pass their standardized tests yeah. from the government. Mm -hmm. They've right. cut out extracurriculars like that. Yeah. So that they can get the kids to pass the standardized tests so that the schools can get the government funding, yada, yada, et cetera. Yep. So we need to get rid of that Department of Education. That would help the teachers. That would help the students. That would just be... Yeah. And that eight hour day or how many hours a day they sit and just do work in a desk without moving so much. It seems so backwards to me, especially with the way that we're progressing in the workforce now, especially you see it with COVID-19. A lot of a lot of businesses are realizing that a lot of work can be done from home. I personally work work from home and you will never catch me in a single day sitting down at my desk for eight hours I have the freedom to go to the gym in the middle of the day take my dog yeah. for a walk and I am more productive now than I ever have been working in a cubicle and, and I work throughout the day yeah yeah no that's great so it doesn't make sense to like I you can't even like pose the argument now that you're preparing them for the workforce they're children for Christ's sake for one um but you can't even make that argument that you're preparing them for the workforce because they're kind of undoing that now. They're kind of realizing that even as adults, we can't sit and focus for eight straight hours or four straight hours plus a lunch break and then four more straight hours without yeah. a break. It's not productive. Yeah. It's not productive for adults. It's especially not productive for children. That's one of the few thing, good things that's come out of this year is <laughs> all of the companies learning, hey, we can have more people work from home and it works just fine and they're even more productive. And Think about too, think about too, like all of these office buildings <laughs> that we could totally have no use for at this point or we could make them into parks or whatever and it's like you start realizing we have all of this sh structure and all of these things for for what exact purpose i mean technology has really advanced in the past couple of years um people should definitely it's it's just suitable and it allows people to be closer with their children too and i think that that's really important um people who need to work from home anyways to ha well people who have children who could work from home, it would be great for them. They would save thousands on childcare. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just that we're starting to see that, yeah, a lot of the things that the government puts their hands in just essentially becomes useless to a certain effect. It, it's just, you know, it just... It, <sighs> And it stem, it seems to stem from this desire to control people, like putting people in a cubicle and working for eight hours is this desire to say, oh, well, if we don't put them in an office and watch them and keep an eye on them, then they won't be productive at all. They'll never work. They can't work from home. Nobody has the discipline to work from home. Same yeah. with schooling. People put their children in public schools because they think that that's the place that they would have the discipline. They don't think that they can work from home yeah. because they don't think that they have somebody monitoring them the whole time like to make sure that they actually get the work done yeah and that like goes along with kind of the ridiculous misconceptions that go along with um alternative sort of schooling of any kind homeschooling unschooling it's like i brought up on jeff and sarah's uh, live the other day I, I i said it on purpose but i was like what are the other misconceptions of homeschooling, socialization? And it's like, ah, you know, because like people always say, like, <laughs> they're not going to be properly socialized. Uh, you know, what? What are you talking about? 
Like, what do you mean? How are they not being properly socialized? Do you think that most homeschooled children just stay locked in a house? That's not really how it works. I mean, there are a lot of things. There's even, um, basically, I know a couple of bases. I think the base that we know of, too, has one. It's um, it, They do uh, community homeschooling. So it's like they all pay for two teachers and they meet on certain days and like all of their kids are homeschooled together and they do events together and you have to work. It's like co-op. Yeah. 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 And so it's like, yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of options though. People do all sorts of stuff. I mean, you can't just think that it's just one certain kind. I think actually a lot of the misconceptions of homeschooling go back to sort of a, one idea of religious, heavily religious homeschooling, I guess I should say. But, um, yeah, no, I'm serious. Like, that's really where it goes back to you, and it's really a misconception because, let me tell you, I know a lot of homeschooled kids and they're some of the most extroverted people I know. Very smart, the whole thing. And speaking of socialization, I mentioned this on the Facebook Live too, but it's so artificial and so not like real life what happens in public schools. You're put into a class with children all your same age and you don't mix with other age groups. You don't get to interact with elderly people unless your teacher is elderly. Even then, it's just completely not like real life. But homeschooling, you are in the real world every day interacting with all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds and age groups. What's interesting to me too is most of us growing up were public schooled. Like it was such a common thing, way more common than private schooling or homeschooling. Mm-hmm. What else we're realizing is super common in our age group is social anxiety. People who struggle socializing and people who struggle in large crowds and can't stand to be in them. I struggle sometimes, I'm an extrovert, and even I struggle with being in large crowds sometimes. It can be a little too much. Sometimes I thrive in them. Sometimes it's overwhelming. And I know I have a lot of friends who, extrovert or introvert or ambivert, whatever, for some reason struggle with social anxiety. They struggle with being out in the crowds, and you'd think, oh, they were public school, they should have no problem with it, right? Like, that's the argument people are making is you have to public school your kid or they're not going to have, like, uh, they're not going to be socially advanced or whatever. It's just, no, it's, the truth is that most of the people I know who who do have social anxiety were public schooled. And so, again, like Callie's point, some of the pe- people I know who are extremely extroverted and comfortable with being in social situations from homeschooled. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Well, I mean, it just kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? I mean, I can definitely say that I suffer to a degree of social anxiety. Like, I do get really uncomfortable <laughs> in, like, larger crowd social situations. And, like, even in school, it's, like, presentations and stuff, they put you on the spot. Like, it's a very, like, uncomfortable situation for a lot of people. And I think that we always mind that people learn differently. Um, and I think in high school, you're kind of forced to do certain things that you may not actually be comfortable with. I, I, I don't really have a whole word of a word of examples here, but um, for sure, like presentation, communication classes, um, standing up in front of people, being required to be in team projects, which by the way, like that's all <laughs> of course. Yeah. And, um, but I'm just saying that like, it's just funny when you think about how truly bizarre a lot of the practices are in public schooling, when you really think about it. I mean, it's weird. Yeah, I don't want to correlate the two without any, like, scientific evidence. I'd be curious if there's any evidence out there for that between public schooling and social anxiety. I'm sure that would take some time, though, because that's kind sure, of a... Sure, yeah. But, I mean, obviously, it just, it doesn't, like, defend the idea that you have to public school your kid for them to be social. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I wonder if that's connected at all to the bullying issues that public school has too 
Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're up giving a presentation in whatever class and all the kids are snickering at you and you know they're going to bully you afterwards, of course you're going to have some social anxiety about that, I would yeah. think. Yeah, and also the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is I think in public schooling you notice a trend of kids who might be a little more hyperactive than others. They're immediately punished. It's like they're punished for hyperactivity and then usually they're recommended to go to a doctor or a therapist by their teachers or whatever and it kind of creates a, an issue here because i mean look their children like children are hyperactive like you're literally forcing them to sit there for eight hours you don't think they're going to be antsy and i wonder that's how many children yeah and then i wonder how many children kind of slip underneath that radar to where it's like they are they are basically ostracized for being hyperactive and then they don't learn because they're ostracized and they don't want to learn. They don't have the interest and then it just sort of goes and goes and goes too. I think that um, there's a lot of things that we really need to think about in these public situations. But homeschooling though is very effective. Um, and we, I had mentioned earlier that we were doing the tips and stuff for homeschooling. Sarah set those up. Um, and they are really amazing. Um, our community has interacted with them quite a bit. And um, we're going to keep pulling those out every week. Um, and uh, it, it's, been, it's been interesting seeing the response here. Basically how we're going to move forward in this country. Dare I say the new normal. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm just saying about no. like, really though. Uh, how do we really go back from this? Because even if you do send people back to public school after this, it's not going to be the same. People no. have already seen what can be possible in other situations. So, I mean, I don't think we're going to have as many public school children in the future. I think there's going to be a lot of virtual learning to come to. Um, I just know that's unavoidable with big tech and everything. I think it's really going to start happening in that way, too. And you had even said, too, um, with different forms of learning, when I think about tech, you said that video games can be educational. Yes, they can. Yes. They are, in fact. Like, if you really think about it, you're learning directions on a remote control. I mean, you're literally learning everything, like, without even applying that to their mind like they're just learning it as they're doing it that's so true and they are playing a game and children learn really mm -hmm. they learn best through play and there are plenty of homeschooling moms who are afraid of too much screen time and is it going to be addictive and all these things but you really don't need to be <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I do have, personally as a parent, I do have worries about that because my child is pretty invested with her tablet. I mean, she plays all these games and oh my gosh, you guys, like, <laughs> she will explain it to you in so much detail. And then I want her to read a book and I'm like, Lily, look, let's read this book. And she'll, she, she just doesn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> she'll just pick it up and make her own story when she wants to, which is actually, which I've been told by multiple people is essentially like very good because it's That's still funny. them learning, they're applying the principle to it. And, yes. you know, so as a parent, you're always having this constant guilt trip. And I kind of wanted to address that because I think like a lot of pe parents going into homeschooling are going to have this, like there are going to be so many days like where I think, and it happens to us even not non-homeschooling parents or whatever. It's just like, you don't think what you're doing is enough. I mean, yeah. you will sit down at the end of the day and you were, you were like, did I, did they learn anything? Did I teach them anything? Did I love them enough? Did I hold them enough? Did I, and you, you go through all of this process because you want them to be their so very best in this world and you want to be the best for them. And it's a tremendous amount of pressure. And I tell everyone all the time, it's like motherhood is an act of infinite optimism and you just do your very best. And that's all you can do. But and forgive yourself I, when you have an off day and mess up. And Yes, but I think it's so important to trust yourself because, like, you really do at the end of the day when you, when you sit down and you calm yourself down, you're like, wow, she, think about all the things she did today. 
and you can kind of go through it in your mind and you think about what she thinks about throughout her day and what she learned and what, you know, I, it's just amazing to me because children learn by living. Like they, it's, it's like you don't really have to do anything else with them. They just see the world around them and they absorb it. And it's true. I mean, children, young children, especially their brains are like little sponges. They just retain so much. And, um, it's, it's, I think it's not as difficult as people think it is. They think that it's this really difficult thing to, to get your child to learn how to read or to learn how to write or to learn numbers. And then I think too, it's the frustration and the impatience. And I think that's, we all have issues with that, you know, like to, to, to some to degree, but I think too, as modern times have gone on, we, um, there's a lot about instant gratification that affects us, even if we're not aware of it. And I think we do get really frustrated too early or we get a little impatient. And so you have to learn too. Like that's, that's part of it. You have to learn how you need to correct yourself and how you need to calm down or how you need to react to certain situations. They learn from you too when you do that as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kind of went on a little bit of it. No, that was great. No, it was. Um, I have an interesting fact for you guys. I don't know if you know this, that one of the few Nazi laws still on the books in Germany is a ban on homeschooling. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> that ah, that's very interesting. Who who said it? What it, 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 I, I believe it was... Mm, I don't think no it, it wasn't him somebody said this but he said um uh just give me your children and I will change the world who Man. said that there's it's it's kind of a famous saying I've but, heard it before I can't think yes of it. and I can't even think of it either but I have I have a feeling it was more in lines with the communist party but um but no it, it's it's true though I mean, if you really think about it, it's it's kind of scary. When actually in Nazi Germany, they really came after children more than anything because children are impressionable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it the time you influence them is when they're young because you can make them believe anything is is how it's supposed to be. I mean, they absorb the world around them, um, and you know, it's a scary thought. It really is. Um, Careful, we're sounding like conspiracy theorists. <laughs> That's the question. Do we think that the no, American but... government is influencing children through the public school system? Oh, man. Okay, do you guys know the history of our public school system in America? Because that's one of the things that I read about that convinced me I absolutely need to homeschool. Uh, if you get the book by, oh, any book by John Taylor Gatto, but especially yeah. the Underground History of American Education, uh, you learn that our current model of public schooling that we use now is based on a system that was created in Prussia. Now, Prussia was famous for its amazing military They had soldiers that were just great at being soldiers, great at following orders, not having independent thought. So they created a schooling system to train up children to grow them up into great soldiers later on and great followers of the government in general. And so different countries started adopting that system of schooling Uh, Because they were like, well, this is great. We want obedient little taxpayers. And that got implemented here in the United States. And let's see. In 1852, I wrote it down, is when compulsory education laws were enacted. It started in Massachusetts. And a lot of families resisted that law initially. Because they were afraid that the government was going to brainwash their kids. They even um, came out armed to try to stop the government from taking their kids and putting them in the schools. But they were eventually suppressed by the militia. 
sadly. And then after that point, homeschooling was completely illegal in the United States. Oh. For a long time. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> Let's see, it was... I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that. In the 70s, there so was a public school teacher named John Holt who... He was just really frustrated by the constraints of the public school system. And he got the modern movement of homeschooling really, really going um, in teaching parents and empowering parents how to teach their own children. And let's see, homeschooling was finally legal in all 50 states in 1993. That's incredibly recent. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's that's pretty insane. That's uh, yeah. That's crazy. Well, that's your history lesson. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't either. Nineteen ninety three was when I was born. That's crazy. That's not that long ago. That yeah. Not that long ago to me. But for our country, it's not that. I didn't even know it was ever illegal in our country. Yeah. Like a lot of people. Yeah. That that really just kind of like stunned me a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, I mean, like that kind of just stunned me a little bit. Going back to the Nazi law, so which is still on the books in Germany. I remember on the news a while ago, I want to say it was in the early 2000s, um, there was a German family who wanted to homeschool their children. And they were getting in trouble with their government, so they fled to the United States and they sought asylum here. And it took a while, but they finally were granted asylum uh, to live in the United States to homeschool their children. But it's still illegal in Germany, even though that should have opened some eyes, you would think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, even in our land of the free, the only, only all legal in all 50 states in 1993. And it was legal in other, in a lot of states a little sooner than that, but the last few finally gave in. Who was the last state to legalize it? Oh, man. I want to say it was North Dakota or something. I didn't write it down. I remember North Dakota put up a big, long fight. And, you know, people took them to court over and over, and they were really stubborn. And um, parents would just keep homeschooling, and they would get fined, and they would pay the fines uh, and keep homeschooling. And eventually they were... <laughs> They're not stopping. <laughs> Just make this legal for them. And even though it's legal, you still have to, in many states, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. In Alaska, you don't have to do anything. It's one of the freest states. Alaska and Missouri. Missouri might have a couple requirements. Some of the states will have to approve your curriculum. Some will make you document attendance, which baffles me. Like, of course, they're home. Yeah. <laughs> I think they mean how many days have you instructed them in the school year or whatever. But so a lot of states make you keep records, which is annoying. You should just be free to teach your kids. <laughs> wow. Sorry, guys. I think I'm having some technical difficulties right now. Okay. I think. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> Everything no, looks good. Okay. I would love to, like, look more into the actual historical side of homeschooling and, like, how it's been brought up. And it also sounds kind of ridiculous to say that because, like, if you think about it, like, what do you think people did before there was actually systemic, like, schooling? There was, like, people taught their own children. Um, kind of goes back to just what's a natural process for us, you know. But, of course, lives are very different now, too. Um, what have I said about voluntarism, period? Voluntarism existed before the government did. Homeschooling existed before public education did. Mm-hmm. And people now in modern times think, oh, there's only one way to do this, and that's the government's way. But clearly we did things before we had this all-powerful state. Yeah, that's crazy. 
You know, I was thinking, too, um, a separate sort of thought that came to me kind of through the course of this conversation, but it's also been brought up a couple of times just between me and my friends. But when you think about what's happening in our world right now with COVID-19 and everything, and yeah, everybody's affected by it. You know, adults, all of us, we're all affected, but nobody thinks about how much it's affected our children. Like, if anything, it has affected our children more than anyone I mean, you've got to think about this. They don't truly understand the capacity of the situations that are occurring, or especially children who have been public school. I mean, their whole lives just did a 180. I mean, they don't have the same routine anymore or, or whatever. I mean, this is interesting. You know, it's, 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 it's sad and it's hard to see, like, really, just my daughter, too, like, trying to explain things to her. You know, I think it's just we've got to think about how much our kids are being affected in modern times with, with a lot of things. And I think that it's important that we're teaching them ourselves, especially, like, now in the world and everything. I think it's really important. Um, and uh, that's just why I'm so glad that we're doing this fundraiser. I think it's excellent. I think that people are going to benefit from it immensely to be able to have supplies to help them with teaching their children whichever avenue that they wish to take. And um, I think it's going to be really good for everyone. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. But, um, yeah, I don't know if y'all want to add anything. We're closing in at about 50 minutes. Um, I don't know what else, you know, if y'all want to talk about something. I, I particularly, in, in particular, wanted to mention um, that uh, if you go to VI Action, dot org slash educate and you go to the bottom the very bottom underneath the donation button there is a massive list of resources that anybody can go ahead and look at and skim through you'll learn a lot um and it's really just a good resource for everybody to use um we post homeschooling tips about twice a week you can correct me if i'm wrong on that um we do that about twice a week you can find us on all of our platforms um, which I'll throw in a mention now that we are on Parlor. Parlay. So, Parlay. Parlay. Is it Parlay? Yes, Parlay. Parlay. Yeah, Parlay. Yes, it is Parlay. Wow. <laughs> okay. I think about notes like right here. I didn't know that either. Alone had to tell me. <laughs> yeah, didn't even catch that. Wow. It goes to show where my brain is. Um, I'd like to bring up another topic. What, since we have homeschooling tips for like the actual homeschooling parents, what options for homeschooling are there for people who maybe don't have the option to homeschool? Maybe they're, maybe they're a double income home and both parents work full time and they don't have the option stay at home and teach their children they don't have the finances to do that and that's most people too um in the modern age yeah i'm so glad you brought that up because i wanted to mention something really cool that i saw um people are starting up what they're calling them pandemic pods (laughs) and what they are is the parents are getting together um and they are taking turns teaching all of their children according to their work schedules or they are pooling their money and hiring a teacher to teach just so yeah so like it's like co-oping yeah. yeah yeah pandemic pods that's pretty cool <laughs> so and that is a really See, a great, great option yeah. that's a really good idea that is definitely something i think people need to consider uh you know a lot of people are double income I mean, yeah. most people can't survive on one income. And then there's single um, parents, too, who, yeah, who take her. a look, who have no one else and who have no other options. And I think that that's a very, very good way to do things. Um, I think that that's going to be really smart. I'm glad that you brought that up. So, um, yeah, just another option. Um, I think I that's think too, one of the other few very few good things to come out of this year is just people being really creative with their solutions. So yeah, like um people were talking about how 
homeschooling uh, parents are sort of limited now too, because usually a lot of homeschool school children parents are taking them places constantly like you know like everything is an experience you know a lot of them go to zoos parks you know whatever well now there's a lot of restrictions involving that too and i think like uh previous homeschooling parents are trying to kind of work around that too and now there's like virtual zoo tours that you can do and you know i mean it's really it's ridiculously if you think about it that we're here right now but um but no, but like, it's really interesting. I mean, people are really coming up with stuff. And um, I think too, you know, you can always find something new to do. I, I think all the time when I'm driving around all the places that I don't go, even in my own city and how I should really like explore and like go find a new shop to take Lily to or like a new plant nursery or, you know, whatever. Um, I think there's a lot of options and you always, always have you know, national parks. So, yeah. um, even though some yeah. of them make you make reservations <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. At least you can I actually wait. Really? <laughs> yes. You have to make reservations. Not here, but oh, happening in Texas and a few other states I can't think of right now, but yeah, you have to make reservations before you go. California. Wow one of the other ones of course because well they were closed for a while anyway i this is like i normally get a annual pass renewed for the national parks around like april and this is like the first year i haven't done it because i was like what's the point like i'm not gonna get use out of it at first like i'm gonna just have to wait until things open back up but i haven't been keeping up with national parks opening back up yeah super educational and yeah, I didn't know that about the reservations. It's crazy. <laughs> so much work. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so much extra planning ahead. It's harder to be spontaneous this year. Yeah. Just hard on a lot of it. me included. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> no, it's really hard to do a lot of things this year, and I think everybody's just really trying to pull together. You know, Sam mentioned the whole social anxiety thing, and I just wanted to say, just think about the health, the mental health issues that are going to occur out of this entire situation. I mean, we already know that the CDC is acknowledging how high suicides are through this whole thing, and, you know, we all just really need to stick it together and help each other out, um, because at the end of the day, it comes down to the individual's and uh you know we're we're in our club and they are in theirs and i think it's really important that we uh we teach each other and we teach our children and we're kind to people you know i think too right now everybody's really stressed out and i've been trying to really keep it in my mind that everyone is stressed out um I had mentioned that I have been feeling so isolated lately. Like I really do. And it's like not on the level of just the fact that there's actual isolation occurring across the country, but you just on a deep level, socially, you do feel isolated. Um, People are stressed. They're worried and they're trying to sort of battle this obstacle of how they're going to handle their lives right now. And, um, a lot of us are holding our breath. A lot of us are like barely breathing. Like, <laughs> like it's just all of us are really waiting. I feel like for the iceberg to tip over and we can't think that way. Like we really need to help each other and we really need to be positive and be kind and talk to each other and, <clears throat> you know, help each other. I think that it's a great thing when you have communities coming together, parents coming together and, making their communities better just by teaching their children and and keeping their community safe and closer. Um, I think that's important. I, I even, I think I brought up one time with you, Sam, that, uh, or Sam or Sarah, um, that back in the 60s, like my dad talks about it all the time, like there was a sense of community then that we do not have now. Like people knew each other, they knew their neighbors, they knew their children, you know, like everyone was close. And now that's just a scary thought. Like, you don't want, you just don't want anybody to know your kids and you don't really want to, 
be around other people. But I think that's a part of society that is so important that we are missing. It is such a key link. Like we have to be closer in our communities because we make our communities better. So, and as voluntarists, I feel like we're already ideologically isolated and it just feels yeah. even more so right now when we have such a different perspective from most people about yeah. what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah, I'm fortunate to work from home and not to have struggled with unemployment during this pandemic. And even I'm feeling it like it's changed everything. And you feel so isolated and so alone in so many different ways. Yeah. But um, I think one good thing coming out of it is people embracing both working from home and homeschooling. Yes. I just hope that we can open up the public more so that we can have more opportunities for education outside of the home. Because it's also a public And dare I say, it sort of kind of converts the pendulum of power in (laughs) the better direction. The direction it needs to go back to. Um, Yeah. I think this is a good change. I really do. And I want parents to be open to it. You can teach your kids. You can do it. Like, you are not incapable. You are worthy of it. Like, you can do it. And you would have so much fun. Um, when I when I spend time with my daughter to the degree of play, which I have to say, I'm not very good at play. I try very hard. My husband is the better one at it. It's just <laughs> me as an adult to sort of insert myself into this, into the imaginary, you know, because I think at a certain degree, like, when you get older, it's just kind of hard to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but when you do, when you actually insert yourself into their world and, and try to apply what they're feeling and their imagination and what they're conveying, it's amazing. <laughs> like, I'm just blown away with what the, do- like, conversations my daughter will have between two two dolls, like, and it's, like, something that's, a very interesting conversation. <laughs> you know? it's, it's, it's interactions she's seen and things that we talk about or like making food. She like recited a whole recipe one time and it blew my mind because it's like, I didn't even think that she had gathered that. So it's interesting. It's such an amazing experience. And we really just want to support new parents coming into homeschooling as much as we can with, resources and um financially too with the fundraiser with supplies and we just we really want you to know that you can succeed and don't let anyone tell you you can't teach your own children that you need a teaching degree or even a college degree you you don't you you are qualified to teach your own children and you will have a blast like kelly said yeah, I and I mean, like, I'm definitely not the spokesperson for it or anything. I can just say that for sure. Like, the past couple of months being at home with my daughter through all of this, like, it's been a learning experience for me, and I really enjoyed it. I've, I've actually felt a lot closer even with myself, not just my daughter, but a lot closer to myself, too. So I think people need to do it. I think people really do need to at least consider the idea of doing kind of the back and forth uh, portion for the parents that can do that. I know like some people are going like half during the week or like coming home the half. And it's just, I think for some people too, it'll be an eventual landslide. Um, Eventually people are just going to kind of go, I can just do this, you know? (laughs) And then, I heard, I was reading an article, I know we're, we're closing out here, but I wanted to bring this up, I can't even think about where I found where I found it, I'm going to have to give it to you guys, but it was this woman just talking about how, like, people obviously have a lot of questions about homeschooling their younger children, but then it's, like, people who are like, well, what do I do with my high school kids, and she's like, like, they're, they're their own people, essentially, <laughs> like, they yeah. can learn like they are totally individual at that point and 
That is the other thing that I do not like about public schools. There's something about suppressing the individual thought. Um, standardization, not specialization. Yeah, exactly. It, it's everything standardized. Like, how can you account for somebody's individual characteristics based on standardized tests? It doesn't make any sense. You're shoving people into categories they do not fit in. And it is so important, especially, I think, particularly when, when children hit puberty, because a lot of things start happening in the brain then, okay? But it's particularly important to allow them to carry that individual aspect because they're becoming their own person in many different ways. I mean, even with their hormones and everything. And I think it's really important that we are allowing our children to be individuals and to let them be interested in what they're interested in and trust them. You know, I hate to bring up this example, but Ben Margera quit high school when he was 15 because he told his teacher he was going to be a professional skateboarder and it's all that he ever cared about and it's what he wanted to learn and it's what he was interested in. And then his teacher told him he was going to fail and he was going to be working, you know, on the side of a corner for the rest of his life. And then six months later, he pulled up to his school in a Ferrari after he became a professional skateboarder. And I'm just saying that, like, seriously, trust your children. Like, just give them trust because that gives them positivity and power for them themselves. And they truly believe in themselves, like. That's important. Like, I will never, if my kid has a passion, I will be like Bam Margera's dad with the camera following him at skate parks from the time that he is five years old. I mean, seriously, when you think about that, everybody has their own way. It's not always college. It's not always this um, kind of the popular narrative that most people have. They go from high school, they get scholarships, and they go to college, and then they get their bachelor's, and then they get their master's. And But not everybody learns that way. Um, and who would have thought 20 years ago too. that you could make, and people a, make a, a lot of money career on YouTube? Well. A career on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. I mean, the possibilities now really, truly are endless. Like, I mean, seriously. We are not any longer in a conventional society. <laughs> like, we do not need to learn conventionally anymore. <laughs> this society has uh, progressed ahead of what we are still trying to adapt. And uh, I think those days are starting to be over. So it's going to be interesting. And, um, you know. Yeah, with things changing daily, we will see what happens <laughs> yeah. but um seriously if you are interested in donating to uh the covid relief for education um for parents um you can do that at biaction.org at the edu uh, slash educate you can do that and then like we said there is a vast amount of homeschooling tips underneath that um resources and everything there um available for you um and, uh, yeah, if y'all want to add anything else, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I think that says it all. Yeah, I think that that's good. That's our, that's our voluntary view, as our podcast is called. And we are going to increase in technological prowess as we go. We only have a few episodes. Uh but we will I'm get sure. this one up on YouTube as soon as we can and bit shoot. And then we are going to be setting up a Spotify soon. So look for that. And we will announce that when we get around to that. And yeah. So thank you guys for listening. And I uh, guess you. we'll close this out unless you guys have anything else. <laughs> no, if anybody has any suggestions on any other topics that you want us to cover, um, let us know. Our um, PMs are open on Facebook, Instagram. We're there. We're running them. Parlay. We see them. <laughs> the 60-something of you that are on Parlay, thank you I'm for following. Parlay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, get it right, Kelly. <laughs> I like Parlor, too. Like, 
I don't know. Well, when I read the word. <laughs> yeah, I think most people think that. Look, my notes right. <laughs> oh, All see, right. Well, see, we yeah. thought it was parlor, and we were public schooled. <laughs> see, there you go. There is the freaking definition of why this is not working out for people. <laughs> the only person who knew immediately it was parlay was the homeschooled one in the room. <laughs> 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 okay, I think that says it all. Everybody, thank you for listening. Go out with a laugh. We will talk to you again soon.